0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your favorite time of week where you download the crazy sheet. You pull us up on any podcasting app you want to be on, and you get to listen to Mark and Scotty talk about some college football. I'm Mark, and I'm here in the College Football Podcasting Studio, otherwise known as my backyard. And Scotty is somewhere mysterious out on the road. Brother, how the hell are you?
1: Man, I'm good. I'm in Cincy, celebrating the, uh, the, the appearance in the playoff. Went to dinner with uh, Cincy Grad, uh, former cheerleader, actually, tonight. Uh, it was actually a lot of fun. They are so stoked. I mean, the entire fan base is, like, so fired up. She was talking about, you know, the game and just, were, were we going to get screwed? You know, they were, like, totally waiting to get totally screwed by the committee. And I'm like, the way that deal worked out, you knew you weren't going to get screwed. She was like, when when Oklahoma State lost, I I, I Really, finally, in we're
0: going to make it. <laughs> what a what a wild weekend for uh, college football championship games. You had the Baylor Oklahoma game or Oklahoma State game, which Oklahoma State had four turnovers, and Baylor still almost gagged that game away. Uh, all about field position. Oklahoma State pitched another shutout in the second half, by the way, and still lost this weekend.
1: So, Mark, Mark, I got several things about this game. <laughs> first off, told a friend of mine, group text, nice call on the, oh, game, Denson, blah, blah. I'm like, I mean, this team has not given up a point during the second half three or four, two or three times this year. I was like, Okie State not out of it yet. Yeah. I was like, they just got to figure out what's going on. It's like their quarterback can't play any worse than he did in the first half. That play calling, Mark. Inside the five-yard line, and I posted this on Twitter, was as shitty as I've ever seen. It was wrong. why uh, y'all do- and I say y'all, of Baylor, Baylor grad for about anybody listening didn't know, y'all dominated the line of scrimmage the entire game. They didn't have their best running back. Y'all dominated. They couldn't run the football at all. I mean, not even not even remotely an opportunity. And you're going to get in bunch on the goal line and think, let's run right out. Yeah, I mean, that's been freaking awesome for three and a half quarters. If they would have stayed in spread and the exact same plays they run, they score two touchdowns and they cover. <laughs> that was the worst play calling I've ever seen, ever. And then when they – the one time they try to throw it down there, it's – literally one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. It's like, who, who's, who's the kindergartner that drew this up with crayon? And I, I, I just, I, I stand by there are idiots making $10 million coaching football. Oh, you, you think this is a, this is a good idea, but we've not run the ball. They're dominating us at the line of scrimmage. Let's pack everybody within 10 yards of the football and let's run right at them three times. This sounds great. Sounds great. Let's do, oh, y'all stuffed us those other three plays and we had to kick a field goal. Let's do it again at the one foot line. I mean, hello. First down, they lost a yard doing it. I'm like, well, surely they're going to get spread now. Nope. Same <laughs> formation, same guys bring out four tight ends. I'm like, Gundy used to be, a like, a good offensive mind. What the hell is he thinking? I mean, were you not thinking the same thing?
0: I was really surprised they didn't spread it out and run some kind of an RPO and put Sanders on the corner at any point during those series. Even though the – I mean, he had thrown four interceptions at that point. But you're looking at a five-yard pass. and And if you can get him to the corner – and you can eat up the middle dive, then it's either a one-on-one play to get in the end zone or possibly someone breaks open, and it's just a pitch and catch at this point. And that's what I was expecting. Like, And on the on the fourth down play, I couldn't figure it out. When they ran to the corner, at first I thought he had it, and then I realized he he, he wasn't going to get there. Well,
1: that's because he does have it if he plants his foot and cuts north and puts his chest head in that kid's chest. Yeah. He does have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I'm telling you, it's an awful play calling. But here's the reason you're getting spread, because y'all are in man-to-man, man-to-man down there. Mm-hmm. Y'all have got to lock up on those guys. Well, then if you hand the ball, you've got to be <laughs> – because you can't be looking at the fake or slant routes open. Right. you got to cover your guy. Well, there's nobody there on the spread. You You zone block your guys. Take a guy where he wants to go. There's going to be a gap at the half-damn yard line that you can get a half yard. But when you man up, they shoot. you got to beat a guy physically when you're running power football. And when you've been getting your ass kicked physically literally the entire game because Baylor in the run game destroyed them physically. And it's and, and it's not even an argument. What they end up with sixty something yards rushing,
0: something like I mean, it's that. Terrible. Yeah,
1: not dominated. You can't say you know we're gonna we're gonna be men, We're gonna line up and run over. This ain't nineteen eighty. <laughs> Get in the spread and give your backup tailback a chance to find a gap and shoot through the damn space. It was stupid. It was poor play calling. And I'm gonna tell you right now. I scored two touchdowns down there. Now, I may not have been a good enough football coach to get us in position to get there, but I would have scored two touchdowns down there. Those play calls were awful. Oh, that's funny. Awful. All right. That was seven terrible play calls because it kicked a field goal the first time.
0: Moving on to the ACC, we nailed it. Pitt covered. Uh, that defense Pitt ran as a was a perfect matchup for Wake Forest in a sense that they run a lot of man. It lets him stunt, puts some pressure on the quarterback. And Kenny Pickett, to me, has just played fantastic. I was surprised to see Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, retired uh, without an announcement of where he's going this week. Uh, But yeah, kudos to Pitt coming out of nowhere to win the ACC in a year that Clemson, if they win a bowl game, is still going to have 10 wins, which is crazy to me when you think about how bad Clemson's season has been in comparison to what we're used to seeing from Clemson. Uh, move out west to the Pac-12, you nailed the handicap on that. Uh, Utah was so much more physical and so much more prepared for that game than Oregon was. Uh, Oregon kind of checked out a little bit once it kind of got away from them. And then obviously this week we've seen Mario Cristobal heading home, brother, going back down to Miami, getting ready to try to rebuild the U, uh, which is going to be interesting. I mean, you, now you got the you know, these college these college coaching jobs this year is Jimmy Sexton Mel Tucker's agent? Do you know? Yes Is it? Because yes. literally yes. there are so many coaches in the country that need to write Jimmy Sexton a thank you note for getting Mel Tucker that raise that he got him because every coach has made so much more money. I mean, I don't know how they're going to afford to pay these contracts someday.
1: I you know I don't need it. Most of the buyouts are not that big, and that is. You know, like Dan's was only 12 at Florida and that's the biggest hell that the contract that um, that Tucker's got, man, his buyout is minimal. I mean, it's less than five million dollars. So, I mean, anybody's going to buy that. I want to say it's two million, but I'm it maybe I've read so many contract details over the last three, four weeks that candidly they're all running together at this point and. You know, I've had one too many glasses of wine to, you know, remember all the intricate details, but it's not a big buyout. And I think that's the way a lot of these contracts are going. Yeah. And, and and I love the de-escalation of the buyout as it goes with these gigantic numbers. And even Kelly and those guys have got the number gets lower and lower and lower to get out of it if they've got to get rid of them. It's But they're giving them so much money up front that I guess that's the only way you can justify it, you know, candidly. But I, I've got to tell you something. I think the way Miami handled that deal is completely shit. another shitbird. <laughs> it, my dad told me, and I think I posted this on Twitter. I know I typed it, and I can't decide, I can't remember if I sent it or not. My, my, my dad told me, don't ever apply for a job somebody else has. You don't want to work for people that aren't willing to fire a guy and interview you for a job. Remember that. And if anybody ever calls you and tells you that, you need to say, well, you know, when you got an opening, call me. I'll talk to you about it. Yeah. And I watched what went on with, with Manny Diaz because they weren't going to fire Diaz unless they could get crystal ball. It's the most chicken shit thing ever. And I think I've said for you, hell, I thought Miami, I think we talked about it on the podcast. I know you and I talked about it individually. Years ago, so they should have hired Cristobal when he when he bailed on FAU. You know, it's, it's I mean FAU. You're like, what? What are they doing? They're out searching for all these guys. They got their own guy who's been successful in the state. Go hire that guy. And now it's like, oh, let's bring him back. The way that whole deal went down, it's totally bogus. But I am telling you, I am amazed. And how many great jobs are out there. And Luke Fickle making the playoff
0: gonna means he's going
1: to be the Cincinnati coach in 2022. And he's missed on his dream job of Notre Dame. He's going to miss on the Oregon job. He missed on the Oklahoma. And look, he'd have had every one of these jobs he goes for. Because <laughs> he's the hottest candidate in America. Oh, yeah. The LSU job. He gets any of those jobs if he tries for them. But the dude is going to try to take his team through the playoff. God love him. I hope he wins the natty. Because he's missed such a fabulous, fabulous career opportunity being everything Miami wasn't in this job search. Oh, man. Character matters. Good luck to Luke Fickle. Hope he's successful. I'll be cheering for the guy. I mean it. And what I'll really be cheering for is that a fabulous – is that – regardless of what happens to him this, this week, I mean, this playoff season, mm-hmm. that another great job comes up that he wants, that that he fits. Because, look, Cincinnati's got challenged. I know going to the Big 12, it's not safe 12, it's good opportunities. But, man, it ain't Ohio State. It ain't Notre Dame. It certainly ain't Oklahoma. It certainly ain't LSU. It is not those kinds of schools. I hope a big-time job. I hope Florida I mean, hell, he could have probably gotten a Florida job if he wanted it. I forgot about that one. I mean, the guy is a good dude. Hope a great job opens up. And I came, to I'll be cheering for Cincy. And I'll be honest; I think they got more of a chance. I think the playoff worked out perfectly for them.
0: It's going to be interesting. I think they
1: got more of a chance to win that game than people think.
0: Yeah, it, I don't. But it's going to be interesting. You know, the the one thing on the SEC championship, and we talked about this kind of off and on throughout the season. I was real curious. If Georgia could win the Natty with Stinson Bennett playing quarterback, and they can't, and Saturday he did not look very good. And the second thing They're that sure. we, the second thing that we saw for Georgia, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Michigan, and then how they get ready for the Natty if they make it that far, is this was the first downfield passing attack that they've had to play. And I've, I mentioned that that they they have not seen a downfield passing yeah. attack really all season that was formidable, and they saw it this week, and it ate them up. Uh, And so we were completely wrong. We kind of got caught in the riptide on that one, but that's okay. Uh, It wasn't one of my biggest plays of the week, but I I think the committee got it right. I don't know who else they would have put in if it wasn't those four teams. Uh, I think this this 2021 college football season, other than the coaching carousel, has been fantastic. Uh, You know, you've got a lot of great middle-class teams. We had more teams qualify for bowls this year than we had bowl, you know, then we have bowls to put them in, which that hardly ever happens. Uh, typically, you're getting a 5-7 team that gets some kind of a academic waiver or some BS like that to come in there. But we've got a lot of good teams that took advantage of the super seniors to get the kids back. Uh, I mean, fucking Old Dominion's going to a bowl game, for goodness sake. I mean, so it's – there's a lot. <laughs> Make it rain, baby. Make
1: it rain. I mean,
0: they didn't even play football last year, and they're going to a bowl game. And so, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, this week we've only got one game. we got the Army-Navy game, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh, but quick quick question for you. So there's three teams that I'll give you that have all and, – and you can look at in the situation. You can look at it and actually who you think is going to turn out the best in three years but you got three teams that are brand name teams that have all played for the national championship since they switched to the BCS format, uh, and some even the College Football Playoff Championship. That won three conference games. You've got USC, you've got Texas, and you've got Auburn. Now, of those three schools, I'm a two part question. Three years from now, how many of them still have the same coach? And which of them do you think has a chance to be in the college football playoff?
1: I think one of them has the same coach. I think it's SC, and I think SC is the best. Uh, Best opportunity to be in the playoff. Playoff for SC mainly because of competition. Mm -hmm. He's got what I think is the fastest turnaround because he plays less. It's it's a much – lighter road to get to eleven wins. And this year's very evident that's all you need really to get there. Things are gonna work in your favor if you show up and you, you need to get eleven wins in the regular season and win your conference championship game, you're gonna make the playoff. You know? Um and, and so I think it says because they got less talent. I don't Sarkeesian's gonna have to turn it on fast for how bad they were. Harson I think has got to turn it on fast because <laughs> they're, they're not, they're not recruiting nearly to the level that, uh, that Auburn's gonna, gonna be happy with. Well, And I, I think that's going to be his undoing, just like it was Dan Mullen's undoing.
0: Auburn's record this year was worse than Gus Malzahn's last two seasons. And every year we've been here, they were going to cut him loose every year. They're going to cut him loose. Yep. And, in Malzahn's last two seasons, were were better than than what Harson put on the field in this new season, and I think he's got.
1: And, and, and you got to make them that Bama's probably going to win a natty for sure once in the next three years, and maybe two, because that's a young football team. Yeah. Oh yeah. You go look at them; they're pretty young, man. And obviously, Bryce Young is young. But I mean, you start looking at some of their players, man. They got guys that are going to be there another year or two, and man, you let Bama hang up a semifinal. I mean, a finals loss to Georgia or Michigan, and go win back-to-back Natties. And Harson's going eight and four. He's going six and six. Gonna go six and seven because they lose their bowl game. Six and seven. Seven and five, six and six. My brother says they're going to be worse this next year than they were this year. He <laughs> thinks next year's a tough year for them. And my brother's an Auburn guy. And and then let's say they go nine and three or eight and four that next year. That still gets him fired if Bama wins two nats. He's gone. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, but it's so crazy. Right?
1: Have a top five recruiting class committed in December for that signing day. In year three, or his ass is for sure gone.
0: You think when you take the Auburn job? Again, I haven't thought about this until now. But you think when you take the Auburn job, you've got to kind of take into consideration where Alabama is, because knowing that you don't only have to win, but you you know you've got to be, you've got to beat Alabama, not just beat them on beat the field.
1: Did they fire a dude who's beaten Nick Saban Moore than anybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't he have three wins against Saban? I
0: think so, yeah.
1: I mean, are you kidding me? (laughs) The measuring stick right now at Auburn is almost unmeetable. You are going against the greatest coach in history. (laughs) And I don't even think that's debatable. I mean, I really don't. The game has changed so much under his regime – and he's just still cruising. Yeah, just, just still doing his deal. I mean, you look at Dabo Sweeney, and I think Dabo. Yeah, I think Dabo's struggling with the NIL deal and all of that, and I think like he's frustrated. I
0: think Dabo's about to lose it. He's lost his defensive coordinator, and Brent Venables going to Oklahoma. Uh, they're talking now that the offensive coordinator Tony Elliott is the leading candidate to get the Virginia job. And, and I'm not compar- – And I
1: fire, I fire Tony Elliott, just FY <laughs> just on my deal, but that's a whole nother deal.
0: But I kind of look at yeah. this, and I'm not comparing Dabo and Urban by any stretch of the imagination because they're two very different people. But when Urban won the Natty and he got that Florida team to where it was, that coaching staff was in lock and they were recruiting and they had some wild-ass motherfuckers on that team. They had – there's 41 players on that team that got arrested – One of them committed suicide in prison. Another guy woke up one morning and there was a random dead body in his house that he doesn't know anything about. And then, oh, by the way, you had Tim Tebow on that team. And so he had all that at Florida that all those coaches that were with him were able to hold together and get them a natty. Well, then when he started losing coaches that were getting jobs, Charlie Strong's gone, Michael Wayne's gone, you start losing guys here and there, Mullen's gone. gone. I mean – that team lost its luster really quickly. And so it's, it, it, you know, it's going to be interesting with this Clemson team to see, okay, Dabo built it and kind of brought it up with the same guys. And he's got this mentality that's his system. If if that game can keep playing in the evolution of today's game, because to your point, what you just said with Saban, go back and watch Saban's first couple of natties and his teams of that era to now. And like he has evolved – not just in the style of play, but even in the type of player that he's recruiting. I mean, those two hundred and sixty, seventy-pound linebackers and Terrence, yeah, and Cody, those guys wouldn't start today because they couldn't they couldn't move like you needed them to. No, he doesn't sign them.
1: Mount <laughs> Cody's playing at Mississippi State or at Ole Miss or yeah. somewhere like that because he passed more.
0: Yeah, um, and and that's my point is is that he's evolved so much in watching him. And then I talked to a. Uh, a buddy of mine that's that's deep in the LSU program, and I said, "Well, what's the sediment with Kelly coming in?" And he said, "Well, the first thing Kelly did was is have a team meeting, get everybody together, introduce himself, and then he started talking to the staff about, you know, internally. It's like how do we handle communications within the football team?" And basically, he said, "And and, and I'm giving you this information." from someone whose son is on the team, okay? And they're getting this from their kid. I won't get into names, but, and said, look, it was real lackadaisical. Like, we had a schedule. of things changed, you'd get a text that may be from a coach or a GA or could be from somebody else that heard it. It's like, that's how it's been working since Ogeron's been here. And Kelly was like, no, fuck that. That ends today. And he said he created the channels of communication that are going to go on, you know, set the rules on what they're going to do. And, and everybody's mocking him on Twitter for faking a Southern accent or doing everything. I mean, hell, if anybody's in Louisiana for five days and you had never been there or been there very long, you kind of start talking like that. Cause it sounds fun. <laughs>
1: but, Mark, I'm guilty. Look, I'm guilty, but I have a gigantic Southern accent and I'd love to, there's times I would love to lose it. And you know, all of those things. man, I get Minneapolis. I'm like, Hey man, you know, I'm like, you know, it's sounds like I'm, you know, half-assed in a Fargo, but you know, it's like, you know, I, I, man, that to me, that's much yeah. to do about nothing. Yeah, I think that's a guy trying to settle in, fit in in his environment. He's listening to it; it's a different deal. And yeah. listen to how he said a word different five days earlier. <laughs> Come I on, mean, man! You <laughs> are searching for shit. I, I, you know, look, man. You know, you want to know what I admire about Kelly? And I think this is a good hire. I do too. I think it's a good hire. I Don't know whether it's going to work, but I think it's a good hire. It, it reminds me so much of the saving hire that I can't even, you know. <laughs> I mean, nobody thought Saban was fit either. You know, and I was one of them. I don't know how that's going to work, you know. And he was fabulous. Kelly's a great football coach. He almost beat Bama a couple of times. I mean, he was he kept the game respectable. I mean, look, he made the playoff three times, got his ass beat a couple of times, kept it respectable. But he didn't have nearly the talent. Guess what? In four years, he's going to roll into Tuscaloosa with the same damn talent. <laughs> and I can't wait to watch it. Oh. I think it's going to be great. So, you know, that's just me. But, you know, and everybody's always oh, staff. Uh, Nick Saban didn't bring a single coach with him when he left Michigan State. Not a single one. They all stayed with the other – with the cat. They hired off staff to stay. What was his name? I can't remember the Ty Willing. No, wasn't it
0: wasn't Willing. Him was it him Ty up, Willing?
1: Though. No, it wasn't him. What, I don't, I, what was that cat's name? No. Hey, anyway, they, he didn't bring a single coach. Every one of them stayed. Man, that's or when you're a hard ass and you're and you want to, Like I heard somebody say, Mullin's going to go the offense coordinator <laughs> for for the Panthers. I'm like a cold day in hell. <laughs> i was like. Now, let me tell you what ain't happening. <laughs> I was like, I don't know everything, but that ain't happening for a multitude of reasons. But that ain't gonna happen. And he may go work for Saban, but he ain't going to work for Urban ever again because he's pissed that he ain't Urban, and he thinks he's every bit as damn good <laughs> a football coach, you know. And, and, and so those guys are hard. Look, those guys are demanding; they're hard to work for, you know. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't. That's not an indictment of his ability to coach. You know, candidly, a lot of these big programs, the guys that follow are the money bag guys, and you don't know enough about sports and how you don't know enough about college football if you don't know how that's handled. That ain't been going on at Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame is one of the very few schools in America that is not rolling around with a money bag. And that's the that's the truth. You know, I can't think of a single player that I've heard ever a coach say, yeah, we lost that dude because Notre Dame... Bought him a car, or Notre Dame gave him fifty grand, or what? There ain't very many schools in the South, Texas West, that I can't tell you about that. I mean, there's 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 not very many. I mean, I can give you a lot of examples of stories that I've heard. Most of them from teammates and you know roommates and stuff like that. I mean, I can give you a fabulous story about Batman Carroll in Arkansas, but that's another that's another one.
0: Few more drinks before we'll tell that story. Um no, I get it. And and but I, I'm interested. Like I, I think the game of college football is getting better. Uh, you know, next year you're still the super senior, they're still there, man. These guys still, if they want it, have got an extra year of eligibility to play. Um uh, and like my, my, my friend's son who played at LSU, I asked her, you know, the last week. I said, Hey, is is he gonna stay? And the kid's a walk on. He doesn't play a ton. And she said it's all depending on who the coach is, and he'll stick around and get his masters because he's got two years of eligibility left. And it, you know, and I'm sure when he saw Brian Kelly walk in, he was kind of like, "All right, I can follow this ride for a little bit because we got a good coach in here, and, and we'll see how this goes." And so it's, it, it, it's,
1: it's can somebody b- explain the Jimbo, the Jimbo love at LSU for me. I mean, did you read that article today? Yeah about how they were still pursuing him as late as like Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. It
0: was. Why? I don't know. I really don't know. I've watched. You I know, mean,
1: I, watched I him really down don't here. know either. Like, I'm like, that's who you were. That was your end all bill? all. That's your guy. I and mean, you're like, Oh, we missed a Lincoln rally. So we're going to go. Now, Jimbo's our guy. We want to, <laughs> he's our guy. Really? <laughs> And that's your guy. I don't I mean, know what the hell has he done at A&M to win 10 games or oh, won a national championship Florida State with Jamez, who may should have been in jail. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's I just I, man, I do not get the infatuation with Jimbo Fisher. I think he's a good football coach. What? I'll never understand how that nitwit's making nine and a half million dollars. I think I look every day. I apologize to Beth the other night at dinner. I said, I'm sorry I didn't go into college coaching. There is no chance I couldn't have sold somebody to get me a Power Five job. Probably two. If I'd been fired by now, I could have talked somebody else into doing it. Oh, look at all the things I learned. So, oh.
0: so funny story.
1: Oh, look at all I learned <laughs> from my mistakes before.
0: Funny story on that point. When I was a sophomore at Baylor, I called my father. And we lived in this old, shitty, two-story house. I don't even know if I've ever told you this story. And my dad had helped me move in. I'm living with, like, five other fraternity brothers in this old, shitty house right next to campus. And keep in mind, my dad has a college degree that he put himself through college. He's got a master's degree that he put himself through that and got married. And he's got a law degree that he worked and went to night school to get and had three kids along the way. And he's done real well, right? And so I called my dad. And I said, Dad... I think I'm gonna drop out of the business school. And he said, well, What are you gonna do, son? And he said, I said, Well, I'm not sure, but I'm, I just, I don't think I can pass this accounting class, Dad. I go, It's just kicking my butt. I don't understand it. And he goes, Well, what are you gonna do if you drop out of the business school? I said, Well, maybe I'll just get a degree in history. He goes, Oh, in history. He goes, Well, son, what are you gonna do if you get a degree in history? And I said, Well, Dad, I wanna be a coach. Now, see, in my mind, I wanted to be a college football coach. In my dad's mind, he heard junior high, seventh grade football coach. Okay?
1: And so, <laughs> and so,
0: and so he says, Mark, where are you right now? And I said, well, I'm in my room. He said, Do you, that window next to your desk, is it open? And I said, yes, sir, it does. He said, I want you to hang your head out the window and keep the phone to your ear. And I said, yes, sir. And my dad doesn't curse or anything like that very often and as i'm hanging my head out the window with the phone to my ear and i said okay i'm here and i'm thinking he's about to tell me some like story of generations about the turtle that rose up and became the kingdom ruler or some bullshit like that and all of a sudden he just goes like that this mark that's the dumbest fucking idea i have ever heard <laughs> you won't even be able to pay for your school if you become a teacher and as i'm hitting as i'm pulling my head back in i hit it on the window And I'm startled, and I asked my dad, I said, Dad, thank you for that message. Why did I have to hang my head out the window? And he said, because if the phone broke up, I wanted to make sure you could hear me yelling at you from Midland to Waco, Texas, because I was that pissed (laughs) off with that idea.
1: (laughs) And and for those of you that don't know Mark's dad, he is truly one of the greatest (laughs) men Ever like a true gentleman, great guy, <laughs> Mark. Underselling how successful he was, Uh, but just a good dude. Just a, oh. a just a fabulous man. And uh, yes, uh, but, but, telling you that was probably accurate. He did not know that you would have probably talked somebody into giving you a job right now that would have probably paid you six or seven million dollars. I mean, we're still really young. Oh, There's yeah. no chance that I wouldn't be at least <laughs> to my second head coaching job. Remember, Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, who took his shirt off in, a, in one of the biggest high school just, I mean, it's a, oh, the hell, I think they've played five or six straight championship seasons in Mississippi, has his shirt off in the high school weight room working out doing pre- bench press. Oh, love your weight room, coach. I mean, that guy has been the head coach of three power five jobs. Two of the best six or seven jobs in America. He was the head man of. Oh God! All three of those schools claim a national championship. That guy can't make a coherent sentence. I mean, Uh, seriously. If if you don't, if you are sitting out there thinking Scott Marker, like no, you could do it too. If you can form a coherent sentence and you are willing to put in the work. You could be making $9.5 <laughs> million, dollars too. Like, it used to be a job you didn't want your family and your kids to go into. And I think, hell, why not? Oh, yeah. I mean, I work a ton of hours. I travel. I'm gone. You know, what the hell's the difference in being at the football office now or being in a hotel room as much as I'm in a zero? Zero. It's except there have been a no, zero on my paycheck
0: <laughs> no that's exactly right so I know we've got some young listeners out there so don't deter yourself man if you want to be a coach shoot for the moon and you know work on your offensive scheme work on your no, defensive items
1: watch go mean? be a volunteer coach run film buy call co- go get coffee do all the BS but show up for film session and that's all you need. They will put you on your way, period, end of story. Oh, Work your butt off when you're a kid. Look at Lincoln Riley. That's all he did. Kid was a student assistant and worked his tail off, was smart. Couldn't, I mean, seriously, from every story I've ever heard, he had no chance to play quarterback at Tech ever. I mean, at least liked him and thought he was a smart dude, and boom, he's all, look at that dude. That's all it takes. That is all it takes.
0: Mm, funny stuff. All right, Scott, we got one game this weekend, Army-Navy, one of my favorite games of the year to watch. Uh, I always make sure I tune in extra early so you can catch all the revelry of what's going on. And looking at this game, obviously the books have finally caught up to the (laughs) over-under discrepancy when the service academies get together. So you Navy, mean the
1: seventeen and four the last twenty one years on the under <laughs> correct
0: yes I have blindly bet the under in service academy games for years uh, but this one is and I think it was thirty eight even earlier in the uh, in the Army Air Force game but looking at this game Navy Army will play in East Rutherford New Jersey they'll play at Giant Stadium over under as we record this is thirty four and a half Army is laying seven and a half points. Navy scoring 20 points a game, they're giving up 30, they're 3 and 8 straight up but 7 and 4 against the number. Army scoring 36 points a game, giving up 23, they're 8 and 3 straight up, 5 and 6 against the number. Ironically, both of these teams are 5 and 6 to the under this season. Breaking down this game is I've gone back and forth all over the place on what I think I want to do. Now, if you look at Navy, Once they fired the offensive coordinator, who they then brought back into a smaller position, which was strange to begin with, uh, they've been on a pretty good cover streak. I think they've covered six out of the last eight games in that space, and they've actually won a couple. But Army has just been running the ball rough shot over everybody all season. And I know both these teams run very similar offenses. Neither one of them passes for over 100 yards a game. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I, here, here's my bet, and you can tell me what you would do Here is I actually think the over is going to hit. I think they're going to go over 34.5 points. Uh, we may get a little rain, make a little wind. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to lay 7.5 with Army. If it got to 8, I would probably take Navy because eight's going to be a key number with these guys because they may not kick the ball. They may go for 2 in this spot. Uh, keep in mind the earlier, you know, game between army and air force went into overtime and it was because of two point conversions. And so I, if I could find an eight, I would probably take an eight with Navy. And if I could get something less than 34, I would go over that number. So I'm going to be a real big poon tank, and I'm going to make an NFL bet. I'm going to put a six point teaser on it and tease it down to 28 and a half and tease the army or excuse me, t- tease the number up to 13 and a half, or maybe wait and get an eight and try to get a 14. But that's the only way I can see making money on this game, personally.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that the weather and the wind scares me on the over. Um, I, I don't know how. I I mean, these teams surely have got to go over this number. But then I go back to the Air Force Army game. And, hell, they went to overtime.
0: <laughs> it was 0-0 at half.
1: Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> go over. I mean – This is going to be a fight in the phone booth. The number, it it is going to be nasty. You know, I mean, rainy, windy. It it is, this just has disaster written all over it. When you said that idea about the teaser, I I hate them. (laughs) hate them. But I can't get comfortable with this line. If I'm taking it, I'm taking Navy plus seven and a half. Think the hooks too much. Uh, I can easily see this being a touchdown game. I will probably take Navy plus the points, um, you know, because they're going to fight hard in this game. I have been to this game. It is fabulous. For those of you, I know you've heard me talk about it that have never been, go. It is a bucket list. I don't care how much you think your biggest game of the year is cool. This is cooler. It is awesome. awesome. I mean, it's, I, I just can't tell you enough about how cool it is. I mean, it's just watching Roger Stallback roll around and dudes with medals of honor. And I mean, you're you're walking through literally the concourse and there's a dude with a medal of honor around his neck. And you're just like, wow. You're just like, wow. I mean, I just, I mean it's badass. I, I just can't say enough. Like I said, no matter how much you think your game's cool, this is cooler. This game, I'm going to take them, but I think your teaser is actually a pretty good play because I, I don't think there's any way. I don't think there's any way maybe loses by 13-and-a-half. And I think the the only way I can get comfortable on this over-under is getting it lower, and I think 28-and-a-half gets it enough. That's actually a pretty good way to play this ball
0: game. Yeah, I have not met a single teaser in college football, maybe in several years. I've got a couple of buddies that love a good teaser and as soon as they hear this, I'm sure I'm going to get a text, and which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I how
1: I'm drunk in Vegas. I never text. I never do.
0: <laughs> um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this is going to go. Scott, man, is I, I love this game too. I'm excited. Like I said, I always put about five hours into this game watching it. Um, looking at the bowls real quick. I mean, we're going to have a normal show next week because heck, uh, next weekend you got two you bowl. Now you got two bowl games on Friday, and then you got eight games on Saturday. Uh, there is some great great bowl games. A couple of early games I've already got money on if you're interested. Uh I took UTEP plus ten and a half against Fresno State. Uh UTEP had a With
1: great the coaching change. Do what now? With the coaching change. I Co- like that.
0: Coaching change and I'm betting oh and Jake Hayner's, I think, jumping in the transfer portal. Um, I know he is actually. They announced today, so he's he's possibly looking at transferring back to Washington now that his coach is there. So they're going to use the next two weeks or the next week to figure out who their quarterback's going to be. Uh, whereas you got UTEP coming in here that's you know, played pretty well, best season UTEP's had in forever at seven and five, and you're getting ten and a half points. I hope that maybe – I doubt it. I guarantee sharp money comes in on this thing next Saturday. But I would love to see the public push this thing up of just betting Fresno because they think they're better. Um, Already got money on UTEP in that spot. Uh, And then looking down the line, there is some interesting games.
1: I mean, the Bulldogs and and Tech. Mm I mean, Mike Leeds playing Tech. You don't think he's going to be fired up to play that game? I mean – I think that's a. I think that's such a great matchup. I mean, they move state along the chessboard to kind of make that happen, and I think that's great. I really do. I think that's a fab. I'd much rather play Tech, from a personal standpoint, not to do anything with Mike Leach, just because I got a lot of friends that went to Tech, you know, um, and most of them, you know, but uh, a lot of friends that went to Tech. That'll be fun from a personal standpoint, but also from a fan base standpoint. State's going to have more people in Memphis than they would have Houston, you know. And so, although I was going to get to go to Houston, I won't get to go to to, uh, the Liberty Bowl. So, anyway, just a, you know, just a uh, different deal. But I think the best bowl game of the year, and I mean non-playoff bowl game, I think Ole Miss-Baylor is going to be a fabulous game.
0: I think so, too. I don't think Corral's going to opt out. I haven't seen anything that says that. As I don't of think yet.
1: he can say out. Yeah, and so that, be telling that'll,
0: that'll be interesting. I think Lane's going to make a hard push at recruiting until the end of the week with the early signing period, and then he'll get his game plan on. Uh, Aranda, I mean, heck, I just saw today, Baylor has two first-team All-Americans, according to The Athletic, uh, on their team that they picked, which I don't know that I've ever seen that in my lifetime. Uh, So, yeah, the Baylor team is scrappy. I don't know if the who will play quarterback when they get into that spot because they've got two different offenses based on who the quarterback is. But I do think that's going to be a good one. I'll tell you another game I got money on, Scotty. I learned this from a guy that we met a couple of years ago from the podcast, Max. Um, I think you still keep up with Max. But they they had a running theory on – Uh, running dogs, as they referred to them. So teams that can outrush their opponent uh, and their underdogs hits it like an astronomical, like 60, 70. It's literally between 60 and 70% of the time. We'll cover the number. The first one that that comes up in is the Kent State-Wyoming game. And, of course, I love Kent because I had him to win the MAC, They didn't pull it off. But Kent's getting three here. This team is rushing for 240 yards a game against Wyoming's 195 I think this is a good spot if you get a chance to look at it. Uh, and then the other one, it doesn't fall into that category. But the one game, I, Army and Missouri. Over under here is 59 uh, and a
1: half. They're going to blitz Creek Missouri.
0: I think they're going to kill Missouri. I like. Case. If I could get an Army minus three, that'd be great. But they don't kick much, and so I think this game could get out of hand. Because Army's pass defense isn't terrible. And if they could just hang around, but man, I, I think Army may just run over Mizzou in this spot.
1: I think they're going to absolutely pound them. I think that's good. I think that is a fabulous bet. I think there's a lot. I, there's actually a lot of fun bowl games, you know, out there. Um, I I think uh, I think that uh, Kentucky uh, game is going to be a, is going to be a lot of fun. What is that? In that Kentucky and Iowa? I think that yeah. Uh, isn't that right? I think, that I think that's going to be a. Fun, I think that's going to be a fun game. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of matchups out there that are going to be interesting to watch. Now, I, I will tell you, I like the Michigan State. Um, who was that playing in the Peach Bowl? It was Michigan State and. Uh, I don't even. I haven't
0: gone that far to look. I just looked at right, first. Anyway,
1: week. I think that game's going to be terrible. I think the Rose Bowl is going to be awful. I mean, Oregon doesn't have a coach. Moorhead's leaving. He's gonna have his own thing going. I think Ohio State's gonna beat them. Just, I mean, I'd be, I, it, you know, I think that's, you know, but and, uh, excuse me, they're playing Utah. Yeah. Sorry, Oregon. They're playing Utah. I think that may be a good game. The, who is Oregon playing in that bowl game?
0: Okay. I gotta look and see. I haven't gone that far anyway, down the bowl. I think there.
1: you're gonna get. I think they get boat raised just because I think that's just kind of a male event to play in. He's already announced he's opting out. They don't have a coaching staff. I think they're going to get I think they get rolled up.
0: Timeout. They're playing Oklahoma. So you're going to have to go back and reread that whole game.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> right. That is right. You're right. You're right. I was, cause you're, I was thinking about the matchup they were showing originally. That is right. God, you talk about a mess. Will you bet on that ball game? Uh, no. No. No, no chance I'll bet on that bowl game. Who the hell is going to be there?
0: Who knows? I mean I
1: do they even have enough to play? <laughs>
0: we'll see. There's
1: gonna be so many kids transferring out. Hell I heard Marvin Mims is hit the transfer portal. I mean, man, dude, that the Oki has got Woo
0: <laughs> They better hope Brent Brent Venables has got his big boy pants on because they, they've got a mass can we exodus.
1: That for a minute? How is that who you end up with? <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think you know, he get the A D up there, what's his name? Brent, uh, you mind,
1: they fired the Brent Venables. Yeah. They for I shouldn't say fired him. They forced him. out. Yeah. Uh, and now he's their head coach. Uh, oh, I mean, I think the loser in this head coaching carousel is clearly Oklahoma. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: it's funny. I mean, it clearly, can-
0: we'll see the loser. We'll see.
1: I mean that that game's that game's awful. How about o- Okie State um, having legitimately a chance to exercise demons, make a playoff? and coming out of the box like that came out against your Bears. <laughs>
0: Wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. They, I mean, uh, they were awful. <laughs> I, like how I mean, you-
1: awful. <laughs> totally unprepared. I mean, I just I, – I, man, I'm just thinking about so many things from last week, and I, I, I think bowl season is going to be fascinating. We are going to stick to a few games because we have been dreadful a couple of years in bowl games. And when we stay in our lane and just take the teams we know, we have done so much better.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So plus, we'll- I, I was, you know, incoherent for the, the bulk of bowl season last year. So kind of excited about uh, actually being able to battle some games this year.
0: That will be good. <laughs> we like having you back from COVID. So, folks, mm. that being said, that's the show this week. We'll have a normal show next week. We'll announce how we're going to do the rest of bowl season, but I anticipate we'll probably have two more shows after that, one for the rest of the bowls and the other one to get ready for the national championship. That being said, rate us, review us, let us know if you got anything. We always love feedback, funny commentary, or you can just bitch at us and tell us you don't like it very much. Either way, love to have you. We'll talk to you next week.